Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. They're not present. We, most of the schools, um, especially more recently, have come out with behavioral threat assessment teams and counselors and tip lines so that, I mean, it goes back to what was said. Hello everyone, it's that time for the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show, where we answer questions about technology, explain the way they should work, and why they don't sometimes. And now here's your host, John C. Morley. Well, hey everybody, it is John C. Morley, serial entrepreneur here, and welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show. It's great to have my wonderful co-host here, Marcus. How are you doing today? Doing outstanding, John. How's it, how's it going? Uh, we are doing great. You know, I have to tell you, this is an amazing episode. We just keep getting better and better. And uh, Jonathan Miller, uh, who I've been alluding to a little bit, he's actually going to be joining us um, later in the program. And um he is actually the president of the Bergen County Association of School Security Professionals, and he's a retired uh, captain of police. So uh, uh, kudos out to, to Jonathan. He'll be joining us a little bit later, and you're definitely going to want to catch what he has to say. All right. Now, um, Walmart is doing something they claim quietly, but you know, Nothing Walmart ever does is quiet. <laughs> no. You came in the big so, blue. Exactly. So Walmart is entering Meta, that Meta space. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I know. They call it the Metaverse for universe, right. like Meta, because Meta is the new Facebook, quote unquote. And so what uh, Walmart has been caught with their hand in the cookie jar doing is uh filing some paperwork on some trademarks on implying to sell uh things and make virtual products such as sporting goods personal care products toys home decor and electronics stuff that they're going to be selling virtually not really pushing in the stores mm -hmm. and so walmart will be offering consumers um these uh, interesting things, they call them NFTs, uh, non-fungible uh, tokens. So that's non-N-O-N-F-U-N-G-I-B-L-E, non-fungible tokens and cryptocurrency. I don't really like the sound of that, Marcus. No, um, Walmart for a long time has uh, definitely drove out other big box stores and and you can't trust them you can't trust them i agree and i hope they're not somebody that's going to set a precedence for other stores because i don't think it's really developed enough for everybody to just jump in so the metaverse uh is real uh it's for small business owners and those are the ones that should be paying attention in fact the people that are embracing this in case you were wondering um it's not really our millennials or our generation it's our generation z those are our 25 26 year olds and they already know what's happening and they're starting to invest in it. The millennials have really no interest and the generation um, 
the X's have no interest. So this is going to be very interesting what happens. And uh, we're just going to have to keep an eye on it and see what our big friends uh, Walmart's doing. But I guarantee you some other stores are going to be uh, filing along very, very soon because it's kind of like whatever the Joneses do, well, we'll just do it too. Exactly. And, you know, I, I can't say if this is a good thing or not. I can't really say that either because uh, Walmart just jumps on things because they think they're going to make money, but they don't always make money. We'll keep following that for you, ladies and gentlemen. All I say to you is be cautious when it comes to meta, especially metaverse. Um, you need to know what you're doing and just don't jump in. I mean, I was never a big proponent of cryptocurrency and it seems like it kind of died without speaking at a turn here. And it's because the IRS and the government are putting new rules on all these um, institutions that are forming outside of, like, let's say, your state and your country. Um, people are going to be slapping fines on others uh, very soon as they start noticing they're making money. They said they were going to be protected, but they're really not, Marcus. No, not at all. Well, I have to tell you, I am very pleased. Uh, a gentleman I've known for a little while, his name is uh, Jonathan Miller. Uh, he is the president, as it says there on the ticker, of the Bergen County Association for Security Professionals. Uh, he was he was an EMT, and he uh, was also a retired captain of police. He also has an extended array of experience in security. The thing about Jonathan that I like is that he not only has done so much for the community, and he has the spirit to want to be able to take his professional career and really help children, staff, faculty, and others create awareness. And I am just so pleased and grateful uh, to have him on the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show. Please help me welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jonathan Miller, um, again, who is the president of the Bergen County Association for Security Professionals to the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show. Well, welcome once again, uh, Jonathan. It is a pleasure uh, to have you on the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show to give us some highlights and insights about security and I guess things that we take for granted every day. Yeah, thank you, John. And I appreciate your uh, inviting me on. It's been a while since we were able to connect with this. And uh, I'm glad we were finally able to make this work uh, this afternoon. I am glad as well. And I know a lot of our viewers are definitely going to get uh, benefit from what we have to talk about today. So, you know, given COVID, uh, uh, Jonathan, everything that's happening, I think sometimes security is getting lax because of COVID. And we're not doing things the way we normally do, or we're getting too tight, but we're missing things. And I think that's exposing not only kids, but everyone and schools and places to this threat that could maybe be a behavioral problem. It could be a physical problem. What do you think about that, Jonathan? Well, first off, look at what we're doing now. Everybody is all masked up. So we have if you walked into a store pre-pandemic wearing a mask, I think the proprietors there would have gotten very nervous and said, uh-oh, it looks like uh, I'm going to be getting uh, robbed here, and that's going to be a problem. Now, I think what we're, we're looking at is it's become a norm. We're used to it, um, but it's made it difficult for us in a, in a school setting to always know the faces of those individuals who are coming into our buildings. Um, you know, for the most part, uh, those who are working security, the working the front desk, they know who is coming into their schools. But now you have somebody who comes in, they're completely masked. Um, you may not recognize who that individual is. So you're stopping, you're questioning them a little bit more. 
Um, some people may feel, well, you know, I, I belong here. I work here. Why are you questioning me? And, and be somewhat incensed to, to the fact that they did have somebody stop and question them. So I don't know if it's gotten less, um, but the way that we've approached the security of it is definitely taken a, a, different, um, a different angle. Security people have had to become a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more um, using a little bit more ingenuity in order to um, to deal with some of the issues that they have. Um, it's got to be a more hands-on approach and, and more interviewing uh, before they even are brought somebody into the uh, to a building. I know that's what we're, we're doing here in, in the schools that I work with. Um, it's more of a interview process before that person even enters the first door of, of the school. What What's your name and why are you here? I think that's a great premise. A lot of times, you know, you might have a significant other, a parent or a relative go to pick somebody up, but the school doesn't know who that parent is. And even with those uh, secure ID systems that came out, I forget how many years it was, where they would scan your license and that's not 100% foolproof. And then they print a badge out yep. and then supposedly you go inside. And this all happened because of that shooting that happened, right? Many years ago. Yeah, they've uh, most of these places have increased the uh, uh, the, the security aspects that they have. So in, in, in many places, it used to be, let's write your name down, your driver's license on a piece of paper. Maybe I'm going to hold on to your keys when you go for your whatever you're doing within the, the school building. Well, now it's completely different. Um, just like you said, we're scanning that driver's license. So we've obtained the pictures. We've trained, obtained your, your driver's license number, uh, other um, identifying characteristics of the individual. Uh, in many cases, they're doing a double check and they're running that individual through for the uh, through the sexual offender registry to make mm -hmm. sure that there are not any other uh, concerns with that visitor who's coming in. So it's taken a big turn. There's a lot of companies out there that have have really kind of jumped on it. Um, and there's some mm -hmm. excellent companies that um, uh, do a, a good job as far as creating uh, appropriate logs for your uh, visitor access management system. Um, it really, really important. Again, a couple of years ago, four years ago, didn't, it did not exist. And so our whole landscape is changing to, you know, how we deal with security at school. Um, we were having a very great conversation, I know, on uh, LI not too long ago about cameras. And, you know, there's an issue about cameras. I get that they're important. We both agree with that. But there's certain places they're not going to be. They're not going to be in a restroom. But if they're in a school, are they taking away, which is my concern, people's security? Now, we could say they're minors. We could say it's their protection. But do they need to be in every classroom? Is that getting a little bit too far? Um, right now in, in, New, in New Jersey, at least, um, you do not have cameras in, in classrooms at all. They're in common areas, in hallways, in cafeterias. They're in gyms. Um, the individual classrooms are not. I think what you were referring to was something, some proposed legislation um, in Florida to put them into the classroom. Yes, um, exactly. And that's nothing that's that's come up to to this area as of yet. I haven't seen anything even suggesting uh, any of that. Um, but the the importance of good quality cameras throughout a, a school district is is they're used as investigative tools. Mm -hmm. Are they a deterrent? Yes, of course, they're a deterrent in many, many yes. uh, ways. Um, so that a student knows that if they 
um, if they're involved in a fight or if they're involved in a theft or something of that nature, um, it's going to get captured on, on video for the most part. Uh, so that may deter them. And if a, if a crime or a theft or something does happen, you know, we have like throughout all neighborhoods now with um, ring and similar type cameras mm -hmm. have incredible investigative tools out there that, um, you know, eight, 10 years ago, they did not have. Um, so our cameras uh, throughout most of the schools have gone from a basic analog camera system on a, a VHS recording or a DVD recording to terabytes of storage that we're using now um, with high definition cameras. Um, you don't see facial recognition throughout schools. That's something that's that's not here yet. Um, but we do have just the, the recording of individuals for safety and, and security uh, purposes. Works well. And I think also, um, although the technology is out, it's not in schools yet, where we can actually count people, we can count certain things, we can set objects. So we know yeah. if that's a person, is that a trash can? What is that? And it can uh, cause trips, basically. So, right. So uh, a lot of the software that's out does have the ability to distinguish. And really, it's to distinguish between uh, uh, an individual walking into a building that may have a, a gun. Don't let being treated for pain be a pain. Come to Downtown's Healthcare, 950 17th Street in Denver. Find out how to reduce pain naturally without surgery, without drugs. Call Downtown's Healthcare, 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Versus an umbrella. And if it picks up on a weapon, then it's going to send an alert to their security department to say, hey, look, this is this is something that that should not be or we believe it to be could be a false positive. We believe it to be a um, we believe it to be a weapon. Um, it does just like you're saying it's it's learning software. So it's learning the difference between a person, a bicycle, a car um, and an animal that's that's on your grounds. Um, as this starts to to grow, I'm sure that software could be implemented to say, uh, you know, somebody's walking their dog on the the grass of the school and they're not supposed to, you know, make a a proper notification. Again, there's software out there now that that does that. It's yeah. very expensive, and it's AI and it learns. That's right. So usually within a couple days, the software can literally learn a behavior. Absolutely. Uh, which yep. gets me right into another question that I want to ask you: uh, behavioral threat assessment. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and how it's used in school settings, but I want to ask in a different way. Of course, that's important. I want to know what happens because sometimes the problem can happen with the student. Like maybe they bring in a weapon or they bring in something, could be a knife or something. So what are schools doing? Let's talk about both of those things. How are we combating to make sure students don't make the school unsafe? And what are we doing to make sure that other behavioral threats are not present? We, uh, most of the schools, um, especially more recently, have come out with behavioral threat assessment teams and counselors and tip lines so that, I mean, it goes back to what was, that's been said a while ago. If you see something, say something. Mm -hmm. And the students have been really, really good about that. 
they come back and they'll alert a principal or a trusted uh, uh, teacher. Um, I saw something on somebody's snap. I saw something on somebody's Insta. And mm -hmm. putting that information um, out there, the student is doing it. The, a, another student is coming back and they're making a comment and they're saying, hey, look, this is making me feel uncomfortable. Um, there's a lot of PSAs that have been put out um, that say how important this is. Um, and that's, that's the first step. And we try to, to go out and, and make sure that as public safety, as public security uh, professionals working in schools, that we want to make sure that the teachers know, hey, if you see a change in attitude in the student, don't just write it off as the, you know, they may be, um, uh, it may be an off day for them. They may be cranky. Hey, maybe it is. But talk to that student. Find out if they're okay. Because something may be going on and, and that sort of interaction with that student may bring them to a point saying, hey, you know what? I need some help. I've got some stuff going on here. Um, and before it, it erupts into some type of a, a tragic situation. So the um, behavioral threat assessment teams, they're the ones who will get called in if they find a student who has an issue. So it may be a, uh, a counselor, a trained counselor, it may be a principal, it may be a teacher, uh, it may be somebody who's part of the public, uh, the, uh, the school security professional, and they meet with the student. There's a series of questions that they uh, should ask and it kind of dictates the actions that they take. It may dictate, they just need to um, speak you know, further with the counselor, or it may say, we need to get law enforcement involved with it, whatever the case is. These teams are critical in, in today's environment. I think it's really important. I know definitely in our town, as you know, uh, police and first responders are very involved with the schools. Absolutely. Uh, to a point that many of the students, I won't say all of them, but they feel that the police is their their friends. And I mm -hmm. agree with that, too. Uh, I think some people will think I'm crazy, but I always feel if you're on the right side of the law, I mean, they are there to help you. And so I think a lot of people from what you watch on TV, it, it scars the students. So how do we preclude that? <laughs> I, well, first off, it's the right person for the position. So, and the police departments are well aware of this. Years ago, it was, you know, you'd, you'd find somebody who just was was happy working in a school, put them there. Um, and now it's it's a much more highly trained individual um, who wants to be there, who wants to work with the kids, um, who has the the attitude, the, the proper attitude for, for getting into the school and, and really um, connecting with the students. And that's what they want. This is what it's about is to, to connect with them on multiple levels, um, to be able to talk with them about maybe problems that they have at home, uh, problems that they're having um, with, with, their, with their partner, problems that they're having in school with, with learning uh, issues possibly. Um, and, and this way they, they have this, this individual maybe not connected with the school directly, but in a position where they are able to find a, a confidant in this person so that they can say, hey, look, I'm having some problems. And this officer, as a school resource officer, is trained and knows how to how to approach the student and the resources. Um, it's not necessarily the the school to prison pipeline that so many people look at. The, mm -hmm. the officers are not there to arrest the kids. They're right. there to work them to, you know, I've, I've seen many, many um, videos uh, that have been posted 
that you know an officer worked for four or five, maybe eight years at a school, then has moved on to a different assignment, and and the officers and the kids are in tears when they've left because they've made so many great connections there, and that's really what it's about: those connections. You know what it's like, Jonathan. Uh, it's like what I call the pulse. They have a pulse of the school and of every kid. You go to the security people; they know what it should be. Mm -hmm. uh, in EMT world, we talk about you know the the heart uh, pressure and blood pressure, but in the school, they can sense if that kid's off, and right. they can be a little more, like you said, um, involved with that person to see what's going on. And kind of interview them, but in a non-threatening way. Correct. I think that's the biggest thing. It's non-threatening. It's trying to just help you. And also, they know that if they do get in trouble, and this person that's their friend, well, what are you doing to me? I mean, I, I went to bat for you, Jimmy. Mm -hmm. what, what are you doing here? Yeah. I mean, I went to bat. I told them that, you know, you didn't mean to do that. What are you doing here? Yeah, they they do have that relationship. And, and in some cases, it... it they're going beyond that student, but they're going with the student's family um, mm -hmm. and helping that student's family. Maybe it's, you know, they need certain supplies for school, whatever the, whatever the case is. Um, I, I've, I've seen great, great stories with uh, how the school resource officer has, has really come to the aid of multiple students, probably more so than on the other side where they've taken that student and they've had to bring that student back to the police station for you know a criminal situation and look i'm not going to say if if they the officer has a, a commitment and a duty to make an arrest they will mm -hmm. but in most cases they it's don't. how do we resolve it on the mm -hmm. lowest level um and instill instilling the instilling the trust of that student it reminds me of something uh being a licensed ham uh radio operator that you know the fcc doesn't want to police us so they have a volunteer network of people that actually police everybody so that you self-regulate and they're not there to go after you there they'll say hey you know that's not what we're supposed to be doing or you know that's great behavior that's great amateur practice mm -hmm. and i think it sounds like you're doing the same thing you're trying to stroke them when they're doing something great but you're also trying to give them uh, a change of pathway when they're maybe not doing the right thing sure that's going to be safe for them or or for others and uh i i think that's important but it also isn't just with the students and security it's also with the office uh and the staff and people like that because the biggest challenge is when people come in and they're always mad at the office and then the office wants to break rules but they can't mm -hmm. and if they do it's going to sacrifice the, the students the school and possibly put that school in a threat position. Yeah, I, they're, look, everybody has their functions that they have to, to fulfill mm -hmm. here. Um, and without question, the, the office staff wants to do as much as they can for it. Um, I mean, if specifically, if you're referring to bringing um, people into the building, mm -hmm. um, look, the schools, you know, uh, look, they're, 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 the bigger districts in, in this particular area employ thousands and thousands of people. And you have each person comes into the school setting with their own issues that they're bringing from home, faculty, staff. Um, so it, it's just as important for faculty and staff to um, have a place to vent to if they have a question about something that's going on at home. Um, they, they need to be able to, 
you know, speak to whether it's that uh, school resource officer or it's the school security professional um, who has, in general, they're you know retired police officers who have a little bit of uh, uh, advantage because they have those years of, of knowledge as uh, working in in, um, in the law enforcement field. So you know, the 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 situations as we've seen out there are not just limited to student interactions, mm-hmm. uh, but also faculty and staff working in these buildings mm-hmm. um, who, you know, uh, who may come in with their own issues and we want them also to be safe. And just because somebody's spouse is at the front door wanting to come in, well, that person has to go through the same vetting process as a student or a parent does. We wanna make sure that we're not allowing uh, anybody into a school that should not be there. Um, there may be temporary restraining orders against somebody, something mm-hmm. of that nature. So it, it's it's the it's all encompassing. It's not just you know dealing with students and, and student issues, but it's the whole uh, school campus that you're you're looking at. You have to look at holistically. That's a good point because I always thought it from the student perspective and the teachers, but never really thought about. It. That's really good about. The fact that we don't think about the fact that there could be negative behavior or challenges that happen. And you really got to keep the entire environment safe or the ecosystem, yeah. not just the students. You got to keep the whole environment safe. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You're involved in something else. You're a certified uh, Alice, A-L-I. Am I saying that correct? Uh, yeah, Alice. Tell Alice our is- audience what that is. And I think one of the biggest things I noticed, Jonathan, that you bring to the table is not just your passion for wanting to help and, you know, uh, protect people, which is from your police background, I gather. But I think the most important thing I like is that, you know, you have so much experience and so much diverse experience that I think really um, helps let people see things from a different perspective. People always say, you know, uh, one person said, uh, Dr. Dwayne Dyer, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Mm-hmm. And I think when you give people a different perspective, I think you start opening some eyes, don't you? I, I think I come in here with a great advantage. I, I was I, I knew years before I had retired as as an active police officer that I wanted to get involved in in school security. Um, so I started taking I was involved with the schools and the agency that I was working with um, and was lucky enough to get into a, a good school district to work there. Um, but I also took as many classes as I could possibly take to get a, a full rounded picture of it but you really don't know what's going on until you're actually working in the in the system um, because each building has its own uh, culture and climate to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that makes it, I, I found it absolutely fascinating how, it, you know, same area, same uh, environment, how we have so many, each building running really kind of differently. All the same goals, all the same direction, but each building kind of runs in a, in a different culture and climate um which is which is great so you have to adopt to to each one of those so i take my experiences as law enforcement my knowledge and education uh working as a school security professional and make that into something that is really usable for the the school uh personnel the faculty and staff there Um, i try to train them in a manner that i would find interesting having sat through as many of us have uh, <laughs> classes that, you know, 
you were you were falling asleep at or you're pulling your hair out because they were so boring. Um, I want them to be engaged with me. I want them to to be paying attention because not only is my topic important, but it could save your life. And yes. if you're, you know, yes. it's it's like many of us who get on a plane and we really don't pay attention to the instructions. And when, you know, something bad were to happen. Don't let being treated for pain be a pain. Come to Downtown's Healthcare, 950 17th Street in Denver. Find out how to reduce pain naturally without surgery, without drugs. Call Downtown's Healthcare, 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. You know, here we are looking at it going, ah, how do I unbuckle my seatbelt? Whatever. So, you know, I want I want this, the, the teachers to know what's going on. Um, so there are, are many aspects of the training that that I'm sure as a as a teacher, you never thought you were going to get into. You weren't going to be dealing with, you know, lockdowns, evacuations and shelter in places and so on. But it is a reality of what we have to do today. And you have to know it. You have to know where your students are going and, and how you are going to address it. Um, and why know. and why they're going there. What purpose are they going there for? What um, for? Buy-in of the stakeholders is 100% correct. Um, Before we were talking about Alice, which I we were finishing. So what is Alice? There's two important things. One's Alice, and I think the other one is called, is it Adam? There are two names I know. One's Adam and one's Alice, right? So uh, Alice is, is, a, is an acronym for a, a company um uh, that uses uh, its alert lockdown inform uh counter and uh evacuate um oh. so that's that's what the what's the what the acronym stands for um i don't really want to touch you know stay okay. high on on the alice side of it because that's, sure. that's a specific private company sure. um but um it, all of these tools are just means to educate your population um and Adam, it, Adam's the same thing as well. Adam's basically. I'm not familiar a, with the Adam. Uh, Adam, model. I forget Adam's standards for Adam is something I know that if someone gets lost in a, in a store, like a department store, they, they, they do a code Adam. Okay. Um, not, that one I'm not familiar with, but. It, it basically, it's a missing child safety program in the United States. It started in 1994 and I don't know all the details, but when they call a code Adam, they lock all the doors okay. and no one gets in or gets out until they find that missing person. Right. And and I know hospitals have uh, similar things. Uh, it might be a code gray if they have a missing uh, patient, somebody who is, is got out and out of bed so that they're, everybody's looking for them. Um, our prime concern here is, you know, putting the, the students on alert that there's a situation going on um, and, and making sure that the faculty, staff and the students all know what's, what's happening. Um, when I do any trainings with students specifically, um, and they're looking at me going, oh, this is, this is ridiculous. Why do I need to know this stuff? Um, because they go to the mall, they go to college, uh, they're going to the workplace. These same basic, uh, uh, aspects of what we're training here will be carried with them throughout the rest of their life. Um, probably about what, uh, seven years ago or so, 
here in New Jersey, um, we had an active shooter at one of our big malls here and in Paramus. And um, I had a, an occasion, I was still in the police department then to train a group of individuals. Um, and one of them had said to me, I was at the mall, I was in a store at that mall, and it was this was an older person, and said, I had no idea what to do. Uh, I panicked out of, out of their mind. And a younger person there who was working at the store, probably 16, 17 years old, an employee there, said, we need to go and lock down, and took that person by the hand, brought them back to the storeroom, did all the things that they learned in school, and made that person feel more comfortable and safe. Um, it's terrible that we have to think about these things today, but this is the environment. Unfortunately. Yes, very much. And so it is something that whatever you call it, whatever you, um, whatever uh, method that you use to remember it is, you know, if you see something, you have to say something. And if there's something going on, get yourself safe. Um, and if you, when you can and it's safe, call 911, let them know where you are. Um, if a lot of places now are switching over to the ability to text their police departments and, and to be able to, to run that way. Um, and they have reverse 911 too that just came out, I think, uh, a few years ago. So if you dial 911 and let's say it's busy, which it should never be, would, but if yeah. it is, and you hang up on your cell phone, it locks your cell phone for a minute or two and it will automatically dial back. You won't be able to dial out. It mm -hmm. automatically dials you back to another 911 location. The, the technology is getting more and more, uh, really just incredible. Um, and, you know, they can locate you on your phone uh, if you give, you know, you give them the ability to do it. Um, some police departments, I know there's there's some changes that are coming with it and, and I, I, I don't know all the details on it, but it allows you with by by opening up essentially your phone, mm -hmm. um, the police department can actually use your camera, and you can they can see what's going on through your your camera. These are things that are not in place in school. There's there's a lot of regulations in regards to it. Um, um, you know we can't obviously stop what the students are live streaming in an emergency situation. Sure, we've seen the video uh, from the the last uh, shooting that occurred. Um, that uh, some kids, I think, put out on Insta, but um, these things are these these are these are technologies that are out there. There's technologies that are out there in regards to um, saying that you're safe and that you're secure in your area for mm -hmm. alerting um, students, uh, alerting uh, alerting faculty and staff of of situations. Many different companies are are, are have some some really great um, technology that that's being utilized uh, across districts. Um, one of the things that that in many places, uh, and obviously with Alyssa's law here in, in New Jersey, mm -hmm. uh, we have to have panic buttons in the schools. Um, and in many places, you hit that panic button, it immediately makes an announcement, it alerts the police departments, and it will put the school into a lockdown. It will lock doors, um, flash alerting lights so that uh, you know somebody driving by knows that the school is in a lockdown situation. Um, so one button really does it all. We built, we didn't have that several years ago. We did not. It was the ability to integrate those things. Um, while you may have had separate items, the ability to integrate them was not there. It is, it is there today. Now, what's important, I think what I'm hearing is not just the technology, being an engineer, 
I think the most important thing besides the technology is important, but it's not the most important. I think the people, the training is important, but I think the people are the most important part. And I want to ask a question generally, if I can, what advice would you give to a school uh, that is concerned or borough, whatever they're, they're, they're hiring people. Now they're doing background checks. We all know they do basic background checks. Mm -hmm. What else should they be doing? Or is there certain questions you can share with us that you're comfortable sharing with us about to make sure that this is a good person to bring on board? Is there a few couple tips you could share beside a background check? I don't think that's enough. Uh, unfortunately, that's an area kind of out of my expertise. Okay. It. Okay. Um, I don't deal with the the background investigation side okay. of side of it. Um, okay. I know the schools have a, a pretty robust means to to vet individuals. Um, okay. But beyond that um, is beyond what something I could really speak properly on. I'm sure it's probably something like an interview process, very similar to. I'm just sure. feeling their motives, because like what you mentioned before, they get their license scanned, but that doesn't mean they didn't commit a crime five minutes ago. Mm -hmm. Like that's only updated. People don't realize that system is not real time. So it has some updatability. And if something just happened, just to be hypothetical, there's got to be some other intelligence, like you mentioned, people, awareness, uh, how things are going, because that system could come back and say you're green. When you just rob something, you just caused a problem. Yeah, unfortunately, in, in many situations, you're not going to know those immediate uh, right. uh, uh, issues that have occurred. Um, but what we're trying to do here is, uh, whether it's through running an individual when they come into the building through the sexual mm -hmm. offender registry, um, capturing as much information as uh, on that individual as we as we can, as we properly can. Mm -hmm. um, so that if there is some type of an investigation that has to take place, um, we have the picture, we have a driver's license number, we have uh, the time the person entered, the time the they person has left uh, the building. Uh, interestingly, and you mentioned it early on about you know COVID, um, through our visitor access management systems, um, most of the, the schools are now having uh, individuals who are allowed to come in answer several COVID related questions in case they have to go back and contact trace an individual who's come into the school. If you answer that yes to any of the questions, you know, you were close contact or something of that nature, um, the system is not going to let you come into the school. You won't be able to check in. Does it answer the question in regards to a crime? No, it does not. Um, but generally we have to, to look at, uh, at, at historically who's committed these crimes when they've come into the school um and uh it, it, in most of these cases it's not a parent or a visitor that's not to say that we have to we can't let our guard down because it could be a parental abduction situation somebody mm -hmm. wants to come in and, and you know take their the the the, the student um, without permission um and there are other safeguards in place as far as um the school information systems that are out there that these, these systems all kind of mesh together to give us the most complete and round picture of who's coming into the building. That's a very good point. So we're just about to wrap up here, Jonathan. What what uh, advice can you give our viewers about security or anything you'd like to share with them before we wrap up with you today? Well, I, I think from the school security aspect, um, John, what we're looking at is um, a lot of, there's there's the physical measures that everybody sees out there you're seeing security vestibules, you're seeing uh, armed guards, you're seeing police officers in the schools, all of which are, are 
important and critical aspects of the whole picture. Um, we touched on it a little bit. It's it's knowing what's going on with the, the student, whether it's your own, your own child, um, have they changed or they become more introverted, more extroverted? Um, same thing applies to the teacher. Uh, are they seeing a change in attitude and work study habits with that student? Um, they need to report those things and, and say them, um, express those their feelings to a counselor, to a behavioral, behavioralist. Um, it's, it's very difficult. Um, doing school security is, is really um, a balance. It's a balance of, of kind of the, the science, the physical aspect of it. Mm -hmm. But it's also an art. It's, it's yes. really knowing what is, what's working in, in the particular area, in your particular school. It's, your, it's the attitude of the individuals who are working uh, security. Um, and when it's all done from a physical science aspect of it to the art aspect of it, and that melds together properly, um, you have a, a pretty uh, safe and sound, uh, safe and sound school system that is not, you know, prison-like, and and that's what you don't want. And, you want and people don't notice the security, even though it's there. That's, they're that's not idea. as, um, I'll call it very covert, even yep. though it's there. And I think that's how you want security to be. Uh, regardless of what industry it's in, you want it to be there as a presence, but you don't want to feel that it's yeah. like a service that you've like, like there's security around me. That's you right. You want you know it to be there. there, but that's it. it. And you don't want to notice it really. It's, it's, it's kind of uh, omnipotent. It's out there, yep. but it's, but it's, it's also in, in some cases, if it's necessary, it can be, you know, directed in your face. Um, and, and that's, that's probably the most important aspect of it. Um, it's it's a requirement. It has to be there. We have to have these these absolutely uh, these systems in place. Um, but you want the student to be comfortable and happy, and you want a good relationship between your security and your students and and faculty and staff. Critical. Well, Jonathan, it has been a pleasure, uh, Mr. Jonathan uh, Miller. He uh, is uh, uh, the president of BCASSP, the Bergen. County Association of School Security Professionals, uh, and uh, he has a wealth of knowledge, and I'd like to invite all the viewers, regardless of whether you're here from New Jersey, Franklin Lakes, Bergen County, or anywhere in the United States or beyond, to reach out to us and let us know, do you have a specific security question? Remember, we can't answer questions that are going to derail someone's security, but if you have a question about maybe something going on in your school system or, or you have a thought about something, I'd love you to bring it to us and uh, we'll bring Jonathan back to answer again. Remember, those questions need to be general in nature and they can't be about what is your school doing? No, it has to be what would you recommend for my school or what should we be do? We're kind of doing this and I don't recommend you divulging your whole plan. I recommend you keeping it general enough so that you're able to um to get a feel because remember this is going out to thousands of people and we're not trying to compromise anybody's security but we are trying to give people at least i'll say the insights to look at maybe uh what's there but it's a vendor or something like that Absolutely. so jonathan i really want to thank you it has been a privilege and a pleasure to interview you today and i hope we'll bring you back again because i think security is something that many people just take too lightly John, I, I appreciate your, your, you know, reaching out and, and uh, being able to kind of express the views out there that people may not realize are, are, are going on and that we have all these, these systems in place. 
and uh, I appreciate your uh, your time and, and bringing this out to everybody's attention. It's been my pleasure. Mr. Jonathan Miller, everyone, uh, also a retired uh, police uh, uh, prof- yep. uh, ca- captain, correct? Yes. Yeah. Uh, again, thank you. And please send us your comments. Uh, I know Jonathan will love to answer them. Absolutely. And uh, tell your friends, because security is something that I think it doesn't matter what age you're at, you need to take it seriously. Indeed. Well, Marcus, what did you think of that interview from Jonathan? Hey, I I tell you one thing, you know, I definitely learned something. And if the audience is in agreement with me, you know, you're going to get to hear the same feedback. The thing uh, about Jonathan that I like is he's very genuine in this space and he knows it's not just about technology and spending money and getting the latest gadgets. He understands it needs to be a set of policies and procedures and have good people uh, that know how to carry these things out because the safety of our lives, children, staff, and faculty are there. And the other thing I learned from him that was really interesting is that we're always concerned about the children, which I agree, that's important. However, we need to be cognizant about um, the staff and parents and people in the school. Uh, We learned what happened uh, not too long ago at one of the public schools where uh, they're stepping up security because an innocent bystander came into the school and he started to abuse people verbally uh, for actually having a uh, an event for Black Lives Matters. And he was just getting very up in their face. Thus, I think it's important that whether you're a school, whether you're a business, even though John has extensive experience, uh, John has extensive experience with schools. I think it's about organizations and all communities. And uh, I like that phrase a lot of people say, which is, you know, uh, if you see something, say something. And they've had that with the government, uh, I think, for New York for a long time. And I just think what he brings to the table is a breath of fresh air. And uh, people, I have to tell you, I hope that many of the uh, police officers, chief of police that I've actually personally invited uh, this week have found this to be a very interesting um, show that maybe they could take some of this information and bring it back and institute it in their police department, in their school. And he said something else that was really interesting to me. You have to build that relationship, as we're saying, with people like the kids. And you have to know how to handle behavioral analysis not throw everybody into jail. The cops today want to actually help people. That's not how it was 10, 15, or 20 years ago. And they want to see if they can help them. They don't want to arrest these kids, but if they do something really wrong, then obviously they have to. They want to give them some advice, some warnings, and uh, they want to kind of be their friend. And the reason they want to be their friend is if their demeanor changes, then they suddenly want to do something to be able to help that child and also protect not only them, the staff, the faculty, and the rest of the environment that they're in. So I think that's a totally new way uh, to approach security uh, with schools and I think all kinds of buildings, even corporations can uh, embrace this in some form or fashion. What do you think? Yeah, that's totally innovative. And I think the, he's uh, ahead of the curve and we should jump on board to support like many of these type of systems and, and maybe copy them. Exactly. So again, uh, Jonathan Miller, I really want to thank you for taking the time uh, to connect with us and to to be on our show. And uh, we're hoping to have you back on on some future shows when a topic 
might come up that uh, I feel you could give some great insight to and create, a, create an awareness. And because you're uh, doing this right here in Bergen County, I'm hoping it hits home to a lot of the schools here in Bergen County, Passaic, Morris, but not just in our area, but all over the United States. Because right. anybody that has a school or that has some kind of organization, whether it's a charity, whether it has children in it, or whether it's a company, I think they got to understand, um, and he takes the approach that we need to be proactive that are rather than, <laughs> other than reactive. I think that's the most important thing. Um, and that was uh, really uh, enlightening. So I know I learned a lot uh, from Jonathan. Again, he has a wealth of experience from security to being an EMT to being a retired police officer. He, he's got the the knowledge and he's got uh, the experience to help him create the building blocks and being the president of that organization, which kind of sets the standards for a lot of the schools or at least listens. I believe, um, you know, he's making a very big impact uh, in Bergen County, if not around the globe, because his stuff is so real and so personal and things that we need to adopt. If we would have adopted some things many years ago, maybe 9-11 wouldn't have happened. Very true, John. So again, thank you so much for, for Jonathan. And uh, incidentally, if any of you are uh, in law enforcement, uh, you're a police officer or you're another type of responder, and you would like to share some things with us, we'd be more than happy to have you on this show. Go to jmore.com, click on uh, the reach out today, put your information in there. Uh, we'll get back to you because I think it's important that we get views from different people around. Now, this isn't about politics. This is about where do I stand and where do you stand? And why is there such a big difference? Why do you look at the apple green when the apples are red in my bag? So I think we just got to be cognizant of those things. Absolutely. So again, uh, my many thanks uh, to Jonathan. And hopefully you guys have enjoyed many of the videos. In fact, every day this week, we actually launched another little snippet uh, of him and to share with people to get them excited about this show because we want to bring topics that are home that mean things to you right in your neighborhood not out somewhere in another country that doesn't matter to you well uh that was uh, definitely enlightening and hopefully something that uh, if you choose to follow will protect maybe save you or a loved one's life microsoft <laughs> biggest acquisition ever that's right. They bought Call of Duty and Candy Crush for $69 billion. Wow. <laughs> this, is, this is huge. Um, and I want to share something else uh, that many people may or may not know. And that is, did you know that Microsoft, I just learned this not too long ago, acquired LinkedIn? No, I, 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 you know what? I heard some rumors about it, but this is my first time really, really hearing it's about true. It. And on, on a future show, I'll actually show you proof on how you'll be able to tell yourself it's really buried. Uh, but there is a way you can tell that Microsoft does own them. And uh, I think that's why communicating with them is not is not as easy as it was in the past. That would make a lot of sense. It seems like they're busy quite quite often. Yeah, Microsoft's always busy, and then they'll find some way to charge you. 
<laughs> that's how that's how I see it. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have got to the top of our hour. We had an amazing interview. Again, a big thank you and a huge vote of gratitude to Mr. Jonathan Miller, president of the Bergen County Association of School Security Professionals and a retired captain of police. Thank you to all the police and to all the security people and all the law enforcement, all the students, all the parents, and to everyone that came tonight to watch the show and those that are going to continue to watch the show after. Because if we deliver information that could change your lives, that's what our show's about. Right. And protecting them is something that is definitely paramount um, on our minds here as a, as a technology show. We're at the top of our hours, so I need to say goodbye to everyone as much as I don't want to. Um, we had a great show. We're going to be back here next week, uh, which is actually going to be, um, can you believe it? That is going to be February. I can't believe it. February 11th. We're out of January. We're in the second week of February. And um, toward the end of the month, we have another great guest that's going to be coming on our show. Just going to allude to him a little bit. Uh, how to Kill Remotely, uh, a great author we'll learn about. It's something that is very interesting, but something that's not very easy for people to do as, as a job. So we'll learn about that, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, and how that's affecting people, and how we went from little toy weapons to these great big militia items uh, that can annihilate an entire state, country, in just the fraction of a second like you play a video game. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I am John C. Morley, serial entrepreneur. It has been an extreme pleasure, privilege, and honor to be with you once again here on another Friday night. And uh, I want to encourage you to check out all the great stuff we hear, have here on the Transform You uh, Media Network. You can call us, check our startup stuff out, but you can check out many of the other shows we have. I have the new Inspiration uh, For You show. And um, I actually release daily streams uh, that are live every day on LinkedIn. Show us some love, like it, drop by, comment, follow us. Really appreciate that. Um, we're on a mission here to make our world better, one person at a time. And that's by helping you become a better version of yourself and help everyone else become better versions of themselves. Once again, I'm John C. Morley, serial entrepreneur. It has been a pleasure. Again, a special thank you to Mr. Jonathan Miller, uh, who spent a lot of time with us and gave some very priceless information. It's always a pleasure, Marcus, to have you. It was great. Yeah, same here. And I guess we got to say goodbye, everyone. Have yourself a wonderful weekend. And we'll be back next weekend. But if um, you're yearning our shows, just go watch them. They're out 24 hours a day and rewatch something. That knowledge might just make the difference to the success or the protection of your life. Take care, everyone, and I'll be back next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Jay Moore Weekly Technology Show, where we answer your questions about how technology is supposed to work and sometimes why you have challenges getting it to work that way. For more IT support and tips, just text IT support to 888 That's IT support to 888 and you'll get tips on technology. I'll see you next week right here on the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show. Remember, jmor.com.
suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown.